Hey guys, it is I from Gro- Alec from Ghosted in West Virginia. I'm just here to tell you that if you want to help Ghosted uh, become the podcast that you, you know it can be, rate, review, and follow wherever you listen to our podcast and spread the show around. All right, let's really get a lot of people in our graveyard. Let's go, folks. You're listening to Ghosted in West Virginia. Obsessors, oppressors, and possessors, it is I, your handsome and humble host, Alec McCann, and with me as always, Julia, and we have a special guest, Angie, woohoo, Angie, it is nice to have you, Angie is an old friend of the family, and by old friend of the family, we've known you a, a year, at least, yeah, there we go, that's, that counts, maybe two, I think it has been too. It might be too. I think it has been too. Um, been a while. So, <laughs> Angie normally, uh, she goes to church with us, and we normally get together uh, for a Bible study on Wednesdays, but I asked her if she would be on an episode this week for us, and she said, I've never listened to your show. I don't know if it's any good. <laughs> I did not. She she said, do you, do you all worship? The devil, and I had to tell her, yeah, if you if you ask certain people in close proximity of us. The windows are open. The answer is yeah. <laughs> well, I don't care if the windows are open. Is your tell dad outside? Come in. They might be. Yeah, it's dark out. Oliver <laughs> loves that. He does. He loves yeah. to play outside he in the lo- dark. He does. He's, it's his favorite. So we are doing an episode. Zoe, you're not going outside. You fight dogs. Nope. Yeah, I think she was over there with that dog beside Mom's house because it sounded like another big dog. Were they fighting? They were getting ready to, it sounded like. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see them, but it sounded a little bit aggressive. Then... And then Max came running back, scared to death, so... (laughs) Well... Because the butthole dog is not aggressive. Right. So I have uh, an episode dedicated to the Vatican. We have uh, some ghost stories from people that have visited the Vatican. We're going to have a couple of shadow people show up Ooh. in weird spots. And a a curse uh, at, at St. Peter's Basilica, mm. which uh, is a fun time. We also get a little bit of church history that... Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed <clears throat> because it's it's just you know if you listen to this show you know I'm not favorable of of Catholic uh, <laughs> things 
Uh, All the Way to the Vatican was an episode that they talked about the priests, and I didn't say anything then because, you know, they worked with them. But I do typically fall on the side of the Vatican is evil. (laughs) We lost all our Catholic (laughs) listeners right there. Now, I am sure that they've noticed some weird things, too. Catholics... Catholics aren't... (coughs) Although they're... My best friend's a Catholic, so I just need to throw that out there. You know, my grandmother was. Was she? Because didn't she end up going to a Baptist church? Yes. That means that she left the faith. But I have her rosary. She was always a Catholic, even when she went to a Baptist church. She was a Catholic to start out with. It's always in the back of your mind. Well, see, you say that, but my friend Will, he, he went and he left the faith and... As far as being in the back of his mind, he doesn't see himself as a Catholic, but he remembers a good bit of Catholicism. So he'll call me every once in a while and be like, hey, I wanted to make you mad. What do you think of this? (laughs) And I I tell him almost everything he brings up, I'm like, that is the most ridiculous thing. Where did they get that? They just make it up on the fly? Because it's not in there. But the Vatican City... It's quite nice. It's beautiful in there. Uh, I know that one girl got kidnapped and no one knows where she went. Oh. Uh, there's a whole Netflix documentary on that. Oh. Yeah. What's going on there? Is there? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't remember what it's called, but we can find it tonight. Okay. I don't want to watch it tonight, but we can find it tonight. I don't... Like, I have to be in the mood for a documentary. If somebody's getting kidnapped or killed... I'm always in the mood for a documentary. I, I watched the Richard Ramirez uh, documentary they put out, uh, and that was pretty interesting. But, I don't know. And it, it's, it, it extends to all topics. Like, I don't like... Um, I'll watch a paranormal documentary, but I don't particularly care for them. Just because... I like the crime ones better. It's, it's, well, even when we watch the crime ones... It's the reenactments for me because they'll have this nice, thin, skinny blonde woman in the reenactment, and then you turn to the actual person and you're looking at the face of what used to be a dog. You know, it's just they don't match. Do you remember the one I was watching and the children <coughs> were all watching it with me? And then I, I think the man took the woman up in the woods and like tied her up and killed her or something, and they were just appalled. But they wanted to watch something scary, so I'm like, oh, let's watch this ID show. I don't remember that. It was when Grayson was still here, because he, he was the one that was like, what is this? He was concerned? Yeah. Well, that's good for him. Yeah. That's but he good liked for him. it. He was oh. the only one that wanted to continue watching it with me. Oh, uh, well, he also, he had, he has a dark soul. Uh I must too. I don't. Then. I don't. And I don't mean like. <laughs> I don't mean like he's evil or anything. I just mean like he's attracted to the darker side of life. Yeah. And I do think that's so a big. Interesting. Well, I think that's a little more genetic than I want it to be because when we started this podcast, how many how many <laughs> demonic centered episodes have we had? We've yeah. had quite a bit of you know, but they're the scariest ones. When I'm doing a research on a demonic case, it terrifies me. If I'm doing, I don't know, human ghosts just don't scare me nearly as much. Yeah. You know? And I want, when I'm delving into the paranormal, I want to be terrified. 
always knew you weren't right. Yeah. <laughs> now remember, you gotta speak up. This this thing is is good at picking her up, so it'd probably pick you up pretty well. She can't be heard on any man-made microphone that isn't no. inside a phone. I don't know why. <clears throat> I held a microphone like up to her face, air. and it just it picked up the mumbles. She's a spirit. I am. Oh, I'm dead. This entire life has been fake for me? Yes. Oliver's not real. Oh, wait. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you, this is real. That means the Mor <coughs> That means the Mormons were right and we have spiritual babies. I have spiritual babies. Mhm. Mm All right. Now, the Vatican <laughs> Uh, we have one eyewitness story. Uh, I, I don't know how many eyewitness stories. I've got a couple of them. But I've got... We're just going to start, okay? This one is from Unexplained. Okay. I don't know how many years ago it was. Normally when we do like Reddit episode type things, I'll say the year and stuff like that. But I don't have that for this one. Um, Right off, I'll start off by saying I'm not religious in any form. I don't believe in God, Jesus, or a higher power, but maybe I should. I'm going to say if you're going to the Vatican, you should at least believe in something. something. Like, don't go there to see the artwork. That's just expensive. It's a waste of time. It's a money. waste. It's like going to Jerusalem to see a building. That's yeah. You're going there because you believe in something. And while I don't believe the Catholic Church is, is even remotely correct in their view of the Gospels, I do believe that... Uh, the apostles Peter and Paul were killed there, and we'll get to there. But and there was a church in Rome, mm -hmm. so for that fact, I would want to go because that means that I would be treading land that biblical people had treaded. I've actually been there. See, and that's awesome. It's amazing. And I would, I would, and that's you know. So you go to Rome for a religious experience, regardless of whether or not you believe in. Because I would go to Rome, and I think the Catholic Church is awful. I'm really hitting home on that. I don't want. I just I'm trying to say that I would go because you just want to see how the other side lives. Well, no, I just want to. <laughs> that's that's what an atheist would go for. I'm going because this is land where where. Peter and Paul went where where Peter and Paul were killed, where other disciples of Christ were killed, you know, and and it's and the same thing with Israel. You go to Israel not because you want to see some Jews, because honestly, I'd turn on a TV and see that. You're going there because Jesus walked that land. Joshua walked that land. Moses never did. Abraham walked that land. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. The biggest leader of Israel didn't get mm. to go. Mm -mm. Well, the sad. generations before him, the generation that started. Well, did Abraham? Abraham made it to Canaan. Yeah, yeah Abraham made it to Canaan. Isaac made it to Canaan. Jacob made it to Canaan. His 12 sons made it to Canaan twice. They were born there and then they had to go back. Right. Moses. Never got to go. So weird. So weird. Anyway, uh, let's go back into this. I got sidetracked. Now, my story happened years ago, sometime in 2010. 
Myself and my now wife went on a trip to Rome and spent a few days seeing the sights, getting drunk, and eating amazing food. Part of the Rome experience includes the Vatican City. As neither of us are religious, it wasn't high on the list, but we did... Oh, okay, see, I should have kept reading. Yep. That's my fault. Uh, we did want to see the Catholic opulence, which I think... Is that is that the... If any Catholics are out there and want to correct me on anything, is that the Pope Palace? It sounds like it'd be the Pope Palace. That is where the Pope That's where the Pope... That's the Pope Palace. And the Sistine Chapel. We made our way over to the city, and that's when the crowds... Can you imagine going to the Sistine Chapel and being like, oh. Oh, yeah. You don't do that. No? It's good? It's good? Okay. <laughs> I bet it's beautiful. It, it's breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking. But, like, that one person on the tour. Yeah. Nah. Okay, great. He painted right. the ceiling. Can we move on now? Yeah. What's next? I'd be like, where are the occult books that you guys keep in here? I know it's somewhere in here. <laughs> Y'all trying to hide the, the, the good stuff. We made our way over to the city, and that's when the crowds began to get bigger and bigger. Tourists, coach trips, cameras everywhere. We were standing in the main square, and the queue to get into St. Peter's was huge. So we were debating whether it was worth going in or cutting our losses and hitting a bar. Suddenly, out of nowhere, this guy appears. Now, this man doesn't sound as if he should have taken his wife on this trip from how <laughs> he just immediately describes this man. Now, I want to say this also. I was wrong in that statement. Now, let's go. <laughs> he was tanned beyond belief, probably in his 40s, leathered skin, curly gray hair, bare feet, and dressed like he just walked out of Mecca. I feel like you could have said Iran, Iraq, you know, anything other than Mecca to describe the Arab person. But whatever. Walked out of Mecca. Because why not? Uh, now, to say he looked well-traveled was an understatement. He stood close to us, observing his surroundings, and both myself and my wife instantly felt calm and at ease. A complete contradiction to how you normally would feel if something abnormal approaches you. It was almost as if the crowds around or parted around us and the noise turned into a low hum. As this happened, he turned and spoke to us. I've been all over the world, and this place is Babylon. He gestured over the queue of people and the tourists glued to their cameras. He had an accent, but his English was impeccable. We were taken aback and nodded our heads. It was exactly how I was feeling at the time. And he then just, or he then said, just look at it, pointing at St. Peter's and touched both of us <coughs> on our arm. And we turned to look. And when we turned back, he vanished literally into thin air. The hum disappeared and the noises of crowds returned. Immediately, I felt like I'd snapped out of it and my logical head returned. We both scanned the crowd and we couldn't see him anywhere. There was nobody within 10 feet of us when he had approached and there was no way he could have crossed 10 feet of clear ground between us looking at St. Peter's and then turning back. And we couldn't make sense of it. It wasn't until later when we talked about it that we had exactly the same feeling and the same experience. 
We both felt at ease and at one with the world. He spoke our thoughts, which is a weird thing to say, and the noise from the crowds had filtered out whilst we were in his presence. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we met Jesus or a saint or even God, but that day something happened, and we both had exactly the same experience, which for me adds the proof of something unworldly. I don't know what it was, but I'm happy it happened to us, and it's a story I like to tell, even though I get a few weird looks. I suppose so, but Zoe, if I hear you fighting a dog out there and I hear a gunshot, I'm not coming to get you. I'm not, I'm not going to go get her. I'm not doing it. If someone shoots, you know that meme says something about um, you value your dog's life over your own, and then it says, and I started shooting. Yeah. I'm going to have to go get one of Dad's guns. Yeah. He's, get out. <laughs> Did he bark immediately? I don't know. I don't think anybody Asked barked. Bark All right. Now, I would like to say I'm going to call Bull on this. He said he's not religious, right? Right. So why on earth is he thinking this place is Babylon? Why would he even think to think that? Didn't the man tell him that? But he says that's what he was thinking. He says the man was telling him what the writer was thinking. So maybe he grew up religious and then decided not to be as an adult. Maybe. So. Maybe. She just doesn't like it when I down people. It's not nice. Yeah. Bully. I'm not a... Stop that clip. It could be that <laughs> it's something that he has heard in conversation... Yeah. At work or at home or somewhere, and it triggered a memory. That's possible. Um, I am going to find something for you for the next app or for the next story. If I'm not mistaken, it'll be. Oh, till they come yeah, knock. she'll come back oh. and scratch at the door. Yeah. Or we'll hear barking because she's ran off somewhere. To fight another dog. I told her she had to stay in her own yard. <laughs> well, when it's dark, she doesn't go far, typically. But there's a dog next to my mom's house. And I think that's who she was trying to fight a little bit ago. Well, they shouldn't bother her. Right? And he's a big dog, but she lived here first. There you go. <laughs> this... All this land is hers. <laughs> yep, and you have to ask permission to walk on it. Yep. That's absolutely correct. Um, okay. <clears throat> so, there was a woman in 2016. She had come to St. Peter's Basilica to, uh, you know, tour it. Okay. As, as you were. And she's waiting outside, and she notices something in the window. And I'm trying to find the picture. Um, could the Catholic Church take it away? Mm -hmm. Is that something that they do? Go get her. 
Go get that, that dumb one, dog. That one was Max. Oh, that man. Zoe. Max didn't like something. Oh, he probably saw her dad or something. He's such a mean child. Yeah. So the dog it came from the road. Is she coming? She's pooping in my mom's yard. Oh, well, how good of her. <laughs> how good of her. Ooh, that <laughs> That's true, and I much prefer her do it out here. Okay, so uh, in the window of uh, St. Peter's Basilica. Come on, Zoe. Uh, this woman took a picture. Um, the She saw a shadow standing in the window, precipice looking down. The shadow figure resembled the internet sensation Slenderman. Ooh, but, I've heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> but this figure was seen in real time. Before his passing, Gabriel Amorth, which, Jules, you remember we had an episode about him. Yes. Uh said that there were demons located inside the Vatican complex and perhaps this person was able to catch one in the act of picking a prey from the masses of sheep. And this is the picture that she took. Right there. Oh. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, totally creepy. Mm. Um, and uh, it actually got news attention. I don't know why I couldn't find it on the computer. The Vatican took it. I bet the Vatican. Sneaky. <laughs> so, yes, um, they are. we now, we have another story um, from a person named Milky. Super gross, but whatever. I had taken my first trip to Europe in the summer of 2017. It was fun, but I always felt on edge. There was so much history to the places I went. I was a little dizzy with it all. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> that happened. This dude just had to love drugs, history. Alright, drugs. Milky works. Yeah, ew. <laughs> he was a little dizzy from it. Uh, the first place we went to was Rome, Italy. It's a trip that still haunts me. We had arrived the night before, and my mother and friend wished to see the Vatican that day. My brother and cousin were equally as excited as our mothers, but I was not. I knew there was a lot of death and violence and relics in the place like that, and I didn't want something to follow me back like they normally do. Ooh, Milky, making himself the hero, huh? He just main charactered all of us. Smoke another one. Oh, man. Now, the Vatican was grand and wonderful. I wasn't bothered too much with the ghosts and spirits walking around since it was a fairly busy day and most were distracted by the other visitors. Yes. Thank you. I would like to thank <laughs> the right. Lord for bringing this story in because I am very happy. This, this person... Has has powers, Jules. This person gets followed, Angie. This person is akin to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That person is nuts. Now the Vatican. Uh, let's see. I didn't make myself known to them, and I had a rather pleasant day because they weren't. He looking. forgot to take his That's medicine. Right. He, for, he forgot to tell. Well, he just he just made sure. Okay, listen, guys, I'm not here for you. Yeah, he forgot to take I, his medicine. Um, right? <laughs> um, 
it was sometimes. <laughs> it was night when we finally got back to our Airbnb right outside the Vatican Wall, and we all hit the hay early. My cousin and aunt slept in one room while my mother, little brother, and I slept in another. You have that many people, and and you're all sleeping. I don't. Well, I don't first, think so. I'm one a of them slept on the floor. That when I forget my medicine, that doesn't happen. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel very gross. <laughs> Uh, since this is a new country, my mom had closed and locked our bedroom door before we bunkered down for the night. That's fair because the Catholics, if you've got, <laughs> you've got a little brother here, that's the danger. You've got a little brother. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hi. Hi. Did you poop? Is yeah. baby coming back? It, no. no. Brothers. Brothers. Baby brother's not coming back. Um, he lives there now. All right. Um, so they that and and they've got a little boy with them. So definitely lock that door. Mm. Yeah, it's the home. Of, it's the home of the. It's called Read Between the Lines. That's oh no, we can say it fully. They're gonna jack that boy. <laughs> They're gonna get jacked by that boy. That's. That's what they're... What are you looking for, you crazy person? Why would you do that in the middle? She does things in the middle of recording and, and act like, I don't get easily distracted. I do, too. Um, <laughs> I don't remember falling asleep, but I had awoken in the... Oh, my God. I had awoken in the dead of the night to go use the bathroom right outside the bedroom door. I sat up, rubbing my eyes, and then looked to the bedroom door, and it was slightly ajar, which I found strange, until I saw what was crawling on the wall next to it. An oily, inky, black male figure with deformed arms and legs like a spider crawling slowly on the wall. Okay, that's just gross. And now... Uh, crawling slowly on the wall towards my mother. I do believe it wanted my mother first, since she likes to brag about how she can see spirits, and she's always opening herself to these kinds of things. Okay. It ha had another set of arms, and its head was down facing the wall. Ew. I knew I wasn't dreaming, and it wasn't sleep paralysis, since I was sitting up anyway. Okay, this guy needs help. Right? It kept moving towards my mother until I let out a squeak of fear. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when it looked at me because it didn't understand how a, how a human could make such a sound and think that was going to help. It had no face, but it had eyes. Ooh, Normally, God. it's the other way around. So it's like a spider. Like, I'm picturing a giant Well, he said spider. it's got spider-like limbs. Well, yeah, just Ugh. even without that, I'm picturing a spider. Um, I immediately laid back down with my blanket over my face, the universal sign of safety, having a panic attack. All was quiet in the room except for my erratic breathing. It felt like an hour went by. But then the mattress dipped like someone was sitting at the foot of my bed, and I felt the thing crawl up towards me. Oh, I'm God, going Lord. to start hallucinating just from the fumes of your nail polish. You like it? Not particularly <laughs> lightheaded as heck. Um, the lights went on, and the figure was nowhere to be seen. 
Oh, I'm sorry. She's, uh, she could make out the black figure from the beyond the blanket because the moonlight was coming through and she had a, a, a thin blanket, which seems to suggest that's even less protection than... Yeah, yeah if you can see through it, you're that. not protected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, she said, I'm crying. I told my mom about it because, you know, her parents came in. Uh, I thought Milky was a boy. I don't... I, I don't know. I'm going back and forth. They didn't give a gender. Which is well, just that time of year. I, I, <laughs> um, I couldn't take it anymore and let out a scream for my mother to wake up and turn the lights on while pushing myself to sit up. The lights went on and the figure was nowhere to be seen. Crying, you are enjoying yourself too much. You look at her over there crying her it's, eyes out. It's my nail polish. Um, it's yeah, it's killing her. I'm killing her down. <laughs> um, now, uh, I stayed in my aunt's room for the rest of the trip, sandwiched between my aunt and my cousin. That doesn't sound like, that sounds like modern day Pornhub right there. Sandwiched <laughs> between my aunt sound and like my cousin. It like In one bed. But since, a name like Milky. There you go. Well, there you go. Uh, since I was too scared to sleep in that room again, sometimes at night I think I'll think about it. I didn't know what it wanted from my family or why it was there, but I am still very sure that if I hadn't screamed out, something bad would have happened. Has anyone ever encountered an entity like this before? I tried researching it, but I haven't found anything. Hey, knock it off. I'm so tired of you dogs. I wish you all lived somewhere else. I came home to shit on my floor and in my blanket and well just don't roll up in your oh, blanket well it's too late now because we also have a dry that blanket is three inches thick and it's gonna be washed but who's gonna dry it because that dryer ain't drying nothing i'm so tired way. of them existing well oliver was the jeanette, whole reason it has to be jeanette anyway yeah he puked on it but but then zoe had to go and poop on things and i realized i haven't said max's name once but Zoe stopped pooping in the house, Jeanette. He has caused. Yes, she did. She <laughs> so did. She was done. No, are you talking about Zoe or Jeanette? I'm talking. <laughs> Jeanette moves in the house yeah, too. Yeah, frequently we have to get after Jeanette about pooping in the house. Now, one of the things uh, that appears in the Vatican City is Saint Peter's Basilica, uh, which is. Uh, it's got a, a sorted spooky. Y'all, listen. <laughs> we are. I Keep can't, going. can't do this with the laughing. Listen, I'm, Linda. I'm about to die from, from embarrassment. This was even worse. Embarrassment? Uh, why? Because I'm going to say ridiculous things. Because of your nail polish. You already told people our dog shit on the floor. In our bed. Well, not in our bed, No, it wasn't in, in our, our bed. It, it was in our blanket. It wasn't in our bed. The blanket was on the ground because Oliver puked last night. But... <laughs> that dog over there that knows I'm talking about her. You see? Did you see her side eye me <laughs> she right there? Look, she she's me? A, I'm like the dog. She doesn't know what's going on. She crap, and it was all over my boot. And then she tried to fight the dog next yeah, door. She's just having a string of being a bad dog. And aren't you glad you only have one of her? I have. No, she's great. I have two. Because Jeanette brought this dog. She snuck this dog into my house. I knew nothing about it. That's not true. I knew Which everything dog, about Max? it. Max. Max, Max was a surprise. He's the devil. He wasn't an actual surprise. We knew about it. 
yeah, he was a surprise for everybody else. Yeah. Um, the so the basilica has a sordid spooky history as well. According to various sources, there's an ancient Roman necropolis underneath of the basilica that supposedly houses the bones because I'm sure he hasn't badly decomposed after 2,000 years. Oh, no. Of Peter and Paul. Now, the tradition of Peter's death goes as such. Peter was sentenced to crucifixion, and rather than be crucified like his Lord, because he viewed himself unworthy, he requested that he be crucified upside down. Mm-hmm. Now... Here's That's creepy. Here's but see here's the thing. It was it wasn't about creepiness. That's why when they do it in possession movies, it makes no sense because Peter was doing it as a a form of respect, respect to Christ. For Christ. So and and that's if that actually happened at all. I feel like that would have actually made it into documents. I yeah. Um but that's just how the tradition goes. Uh that he was crucified upside down. So when demons throw crosses upside down in mockery of God, I'm I'm just thinking, yeah, but in ancient times if if this is how at certain at a certain point people viewed or the death of Peter that he died upside down because of his unworthiness, then they should do better job explaining how it's a mockery. Because you're you making could. an assumption there. Well, that's I mean You're assuming they have a clue. Well <laughs> that's true. Um not many people understand that part. Now there is historical evidence that Peter was killed in Rome. Uh Clement, uh who was a Christian during the time of the apostles, wrote a letter uh to the Corinthians in ninety six AD, which is four years before the traditional death of John, mm-hmm. and six years after the traditional writing of Revelation. So, Clement was more than likely a contemporary to the apostles, meaning he knew the apostles. He uh, more than likely had run into one of them, at least. But we do know that he reported uh, Peter and Paul's death uh, in his letter. He said, let us take the noble examples of our generation, our generation, uh, through jealousy and envy, the greatest and most just pillars of the church were persecuted and came even unto death. Peter, through unjust envy, endured not one but or two But many labors, and at last, having delivered his testimony, departed unto the place of glory due to him. That is also the only mention of Peter in Rome, which is a problem if your pope is saying Peter was the first pope. Because this is the only time anybody ever mentions Peter being in Rome. Mm -hmm. Ever. Another I, I thing, don't see Peter as a pope either. Well, but that's Catholics. <laughs> Catholics do. They say that's where their papal line starts. Is right there it's with Peter. With is with Peter. Um, the what's he got? Yes. The Again. of course. The uh, answer here is, and also 
if Peter was an actual pope, why did John not ever refer to him as a pope? Why did Paul not ever refer to him as a pope? Because Paul died after Peter. Mm-hmm. Never referred. In fact, in Galatians, Paul confronts Peter about his racism. Yeah, he confronts Paul or Peter about his racism. Yep. So, Mister Infallible Pope ain't that infallible. <laughs> and and I don't want I don't I'm not dragging Peter. Peter, you know, gave the first sermon of of Christianity. So I'm not dragging Peter at all. But I also don't think we need to put him in a position that he was never supposed to be in. Uh, I don't think he'd want to. He well, he would not want to be in that position no. ever. None of the apostles, you know, mm-hmm. they they were apostles because no one else could. No one else could. No one else had witnessed everything Jesus did. They, mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those things. And he picked them first. Like he had everybody else followed after. He was literally, he went up to them and was like, I'd like you, I'd like you, I'd like you. You were under a tree. You come over here. You'd be with me. And all the church fathers agree that he was crucified with the exception of Clement, who did not mention the mode in which he died. He just said he died. Clement would have more than likely mentioned Pope Peter dying upside down. You would think. You would think. Because that's rather odd. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the normal. Uh, Historically, that he was alive during the trial and execution, Clement would have made mention of such a strange request. It's also real weird that this tradition happened. What obligation did Rome have to crucify him upside down? Like, it might have been an instance where it's, I mean, that's weird, but okay. But why would they make such special arrangements for him? Because you're, it's not like a cross is equally proportioned. You're not, you're not in the middle of it. You're at the top. You're hanging from the top. So if you're hanging from the top, how are they getting that top half to stay up? It would just topple over. Well, if it the cross with the crossbar, you nail the feet to the crossbar. But the head's going to be hanging at the bottom, so that's going to level it out. Oh, you think it was that way? Yeah. I'm thinking that they literally did that and then put him upside down. Oh, see, I think they hung his feet. Oh, and let that's his head what hang. I was picturing too. I was, yeah. I was picturing because if they tried to do that, you're right. That cross would not. Huh. Stand under the wheel. Well, I'm, then I'm silly for thinking. No, you... you. I just pictured upside down. That's why I said that stuff about demon possession. When they turned the cross upside right. down, it it didn't make sense to me. I don't know why I didn't think, oh, they could have just done that, but well, whatever. Um, it was then said by rumors and without documentation that both Peter and Paul were put into the necropolis which is a city of the dead, like catacombs, but not. Uh, There is a difference as catacombs are tunnels, and these are more cemeteries with elaborate structures to lay the... Structures. (laughs) uh, To lay the dead, but they're underground. More like a honeycomb. Yes. Hmm. Um, The belief became popular in ancient times to the point that Constantine wanted to build the basilica over top of the site uh, 
due to the holy relics that were laying underneath. It seemed that the church's construction, however, was cursed. The curse of St. Peter, which I don't know why Peter's down there cursing people that they're building a church <laughs> over top of them. You would think that'd be like an honor for a Christian right? to have a think. church built over top of them. Uh, finds its origin more than a thousand years before the death surrounding Bermini's excavation and may originally have been an odd expression of tension between Rome and Byzantine, uh, meaning the Western and Eastern views of Christianity. Hmm. Around 600 AD, the Empress, that's right, they let a woman be in charge. Smart people. I right? think that's how they died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Empress of Byzantium wrote to Pope Gregory I to ask that he send her the relics of St. Peter and Paul so that they may be revered by the Oriental Church. The Pope, who had no intention of giving away such important symbols, answered with a lengthy letter explaining how the tombs were protected by an ancient curse which allowed no one to approach them or attempt to move their contents. In Rome and all the West, it would be a completely intolerable sacrilegious thing to touch the body of the two saints, Gregory wrote. I don't believe the Bible says anything. I mean, the Old Testament says don't touch a dead body, but uh, things changed. Yeah, that doesn't doesn't ring true. Yeah, He said, well, it's a pope. He said (laughs) that his predecessor... Pelagius II. Now, I'm going to say something about Pelagius, all right? I'm going to say something about that name. That name is the name of Darth Sidious's master in Star Wars, all right? It's the Emperor's master. So, we know Mr. Pelagius here ain't all right. (laughs) And he's the sequel. I wonder what the first one did. Now... It's not spelled, for all my uh, Star Wars nerds, it's not spelled the same, but it is pronounced the same with Pelagius. I guess Plagueis. It's, it's, it's almost indistinguishable, okay? Just don't, don't come at me with your words, <laughs> all right? I had fun. In an attempt to change the bronze plate protecting the body of a saint, saw a terrifying signum, Latin for onum, onum, omen, I'm, I, I know. You got, what you got in there? Lemonade? Lemonade. I'm going to try some if that's all right. I didn't get any of the last. Oh, that's pretty good. There were no more Cokes left. Yeah, I know. I took the last one. Rude. The Pope added <laughs> that he had also ordered some modification on the tomb of the saints and relayed that the men, or the man he placed in charge of the work who also witnessed Tristibus Cygnus Sad omens. Oh, <laughs> I just cast the demon out right there. Did you hear that? I did. Tristibus Cygnus. I took Latin in high school. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I did a good job. Um, that's why you can say all those weird words. That's Yeah. Upon opening the tombs, and then he shortly died. Gregory explained that unlike Greek customs, Romans did not touch the relics of saints. Rather, they opted for shrouds. Brandia. That 
uh, were placed near the bodies and by virtue of proximity acquired miraculous powers of the relic. This sounds like someone that has just realized if I do this, I'm going to I'm going to lose power. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come up with a comic book idea. And the comic book idea is I can't give you the bodies because we don't touch our dead, but uh <laughs> uh kind of like the brawny picker upper, we just kind of place this cloth near the body and it soaks up the power. It's the quicker picker upper. There you go. Um Now the tradition still exists to this day. At the death of St. Pope, John Paul II, for instance, had a small, f or had, what? Oh, yes, okay. At the death of Pope John Paul II, I saw John Paul and for some <clears throat> reason immediately was like, oh, this probably is not talking about John Paul. John Paul Jones, right? That's the... <laughs> that's the basis for Led Zeppelin. That, I'm right about that. Okay, yeah, John Paul. Yeah, this isn't this isn't Led Zeppelin. Yeah, no. I get I get him and James Earl Jones because of the three name thing, not because they're similar. They're certainly not. John Paul Jones is is a skinny white man, and James Earl Jones is Darth Vader. So there's no, there's no real correlation. It's just the three name thing. I like that I didn't even describe him as a black man. He's just Darth Vader. That's who James Earl Jones is to me. I know he's also Mufasa, but let's be fair. Darth Vader is cooler than Mufasa. No. Darth Vader made it through three movies. Actually, six. Let's say Darth Vader made it through six movies, and, and, and Mufasa couldn't barely make it through half a movie. Well, Darth Vader is much cooler. Rude. Um, but uh, at the death of John Paul II, small fragments of clothing worn by the Polish saint, I didn't know he was Polish, were handed out as relics to the faithful. Thus having terrified the empress sufficiently, Gregory I saved the relics of the saints in the city of Rome. But what he may not have known, however is that he also terrified the Romans for hundreds of years to come. Because word got out that the Basilica was cursed, and they were like, oh, what? We live here, man. Why would you all put him underneath the ground if he was just going to curse us? We go to this place to worship. Oops. You mean a church is cursed? Because of who you put under it, he's mad? <laughs> I do like this this whole well I can't get in there. It's cursed. It it all adds up to I don't want to go down there. It's either I don't want to go down there or I'm too lazy to go down there. Either way, it's cursed. We'll send you a piece of a piece of cloth that we say sucked up some of the juice, but in actuality is just a prayer cloth that you asked for, and it was supposed to be a blanket, but it ended up just being this, this little big. thing that you could put between your thumb and your right. finger. Pin it to your shirt. Yeah. There you go. There's your prayer I was cloth. very upset. Now, <laughs> uh, I mentioned the excavation of uh, Bernini. All right? Mm -hmm. So, on June 29th, 1629, super old, Gian Lorenzo Bernini, an architect and sculptor to the popes, 
was, I wonder how many popes he went through then, uh, was looking down over the location of St. Peter's at the spot where he would place his majestic bronze baldachin. What is a baldachin, you ask? I don't know. I didn't look it up. Have no idea what it is. Don't, don't know. Uh, certainly no one, let me, oh, right here. Here we go. Baldachin. Baldachin. And I don't know what it is. Oh, it seems to be some sort of archway. Hmm. Oh, that's a really creepy looking thing. Here it is. That is spooky. Oh. Looking. That looks like it ought to be. Oh, come on. I didn't want that. You monsters. Get out of here. Hold on. There it is. Or that's a better picture right there. That is creepy. That looks like it should be in China. Mm hmm. Huh. It does. Some sort of gazebo looking thing is what it is. Huh. We'll put pictures up on our Instagram of the. I'll send you the picture of the person in the window and, okay. and we'll get the ball docking so people can see what it is. Um, the It was supported by four halal. Hal Helical columns resembling gold-plated vines stretching toward the Basilica's cupola. There we go. It's a cloth. It's a, it's a oh. The, a baldachin is a canopy of state typically placed over an altar or throne. It had its beginnings as a cloth canopy, but in other cases, it is a sturdy permanent architectural feature. I bet that's hmm. where the Pope gets up and starts talking. It's where they pull it around him to hush him. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that. Although this last one, I'm sure they've been like, ah, we might have made a mistake on our election. That year, Pope Urban uh, Eighth had launched the project of creating a new Peter's Basilica that would substitute the old and dated one with newer Baroque-inspired art. He had instructed the architect that the Baldachin uh, should be placed over the tomb of the saint to symbolize the spiritual and physical connection to the seat of Peter. Oh, okay, I get it. So that's supposedly where it's over top of where Peter was buried. That's great. Uh, where the canopy is? or the Yeah, where the canopy is. Um, so it's, it's just a fancy headstone, apparently. Well, they were trying to keep him down. <laughs> <laughs> Bernini, having measured and calculated the positioning of the pillars, told his men to knock down the walls and the floor underneath to make space for his imposing and heavy structure. 70, about 70 feet underground, the workers stumbled across a large number of sepulchers and tombs. Oh, gee, is there a necropolis underneath? Stupid people. This was nothing new in Rome, uh, where one only needs to scratch the surface of the ground to find some ancient artifact or relic, but still the digging was interrupted. The vicar of the basilica, Bishop Angelo Gerrero, or Jario, Jario, almost like George, but not quite, <laughs> and the high sacristan, Monsignor Mario, it's me, Mario, Mario. Uh, Bovia, Bov. Man, it's Italian, and nobody gives a shit about Italian names. Hurried to the site in order it's to establish... Nice. You know what? I can say it. I'll shut this. I mean, you can, <laughs> but it will just lose the episode. Um, 
They hurried the, to the site in order to establish nature and origin of the burials. July 10th, architect Niccolo Alamani uh, was overseeing the excavation and possibly being too eager uh, and possibly eager to resume construction, opened the sarcophagi and looked at the bodies within, establishing that the tombs were not of saints and probably not even of clergy. I would like to say that the clergy did not exist when Peter was around. So, you you know, if Peter's down there, you're not going to be finding, you know, this is Peter on his lapel pin. All right. Um, well, that screws up. All right. He ordered that uh, the tombs be destroyed and that the work continued, thus, according to superstition, sealing his fate. The next day, he grew violently ill, and then on July 14th, his condition worsened, and he died. No! An anonymous document from the period titled, Report of What Occurred While Digging the Foundation of the Four Bronze Columns Erected by Urban VIII at the Altar of St. Peter's Basilica. Why would someone make a title that long? That, that <laughs> is the report right there. That's the report. Here's what happened. Just throw it in there. Dude, dude, dude dead. Dude got sick. He died. <laughs> and I would also like to say that more than likely this dude hit a pocket of bacteria that human bodies hadn't seen in quite some time and he couldn't fight it off. It is 1612 or whatever date it is. It's 16 something. Uh, the in, or It tells us initially no one was too concerned about Alamanese al, al, al Alamanis. Oh, that sounds vaguely Italian. Alamanis, uh, untimely death. There was no lack of natural explanations that could account for this incident without attributing it to a miracle. Alamani had changed the manner and custom of his life during that summer, and he had tired in certain cemeteries during uncomfortable weather and hours since some bodies of saints had been sent to Spain. I'm sorry, is it saying he went, he slept in the cemetery? Is that what it's saying? Because that's too creepy. You don't, I wonder what it sounds like. Yeah. You don't do that. That's gross. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going on. I'm, what are you laying down? Oh, Betsy Johnson, I hope you don't mind if I take this spot next to you. <laughs> hope you can keep me warm. So yeah. if I die first, you're just going to leave me all alone in the cemetery? Yeah. With people I don't know. You think I'm going to sleep next to you? Because that's not happening. Yes. Now, I, okay, then what we're going to do is we're going to burn you up. We're going to put you in a shoebox, <laughs> and you'll be on a, on my mantle. I'll put you in a Nike shoebox, so it's okay. Air Jordan. Perfect. My First class only. Oh. Close uh, Anxiety grew, however, when the chaplain to the Pope, the document adds, an intimate friend and perhaps relative and confidant, Francis Francesco Francesco S. Also grew terribly, huh? She was hearing voices. Oh, it's the ghosts. It's the demons. Francesco S. Also grew terribly sick, followed by his scribe known as Bartom... Bartom Bartolomeo. Bartolomeo? No, it's Bart Bartolomeo. Mio. Let's call him Bart. It's Bart, who died of an extraordinary sort of illness. Matters were made worse when one of 
Mr. S.'s servants, was found guilty of murder, which was the last straw for the already paranoid Roman populace. These incidents caused great alteration in the souls of many, our historical source tells us, uh, seeming that this new ex or that these new examples confirmed the old ones, because they were like, oh, so the curse is real because all these people are getting sick for no same, no known reason. What are you doing with a baseball bat? I don't know. Then put it back. His eyes are watery too. Yeah, he's watery. He's just tired. He's dying. That's all. Now, panic spread further when the news of the Pope himself be, being ill began to circulate in the capital. No one felt safe, whether the, uh, they were cleric or layman, and even the priests who had lauded Urban VIII's effort to renew the basilica now muttered words of sacrilege and irre irreverence, wishing he'd call a halt. Mr. Almost George remembered an old document, a letter written by no other... <coughs> than Pope Gregory I, known as the Great, who in medieval times had warned against bothering the holy resting place of the saints, and Mr. George almost uh, described it to scholars and historians and to interpret its meaning in light of the spate of unexplained deaths. So he was like, hey, can y'all pay attention to this real quick? Does this say that this place is cursed and we get a lot of these people being sick? Is this what's happening? And they were like, no one, no one was. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know. Curses aren't real, homie. We're the Catholic Church. They're real. All right, then, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But it said no one spoke of anything other than the letter of St. Gregory which those days was equally on hands and tongues of the learned and the ignorant. Then you get to 1939. Oh, wow. Back in the 16th century. Yep. Mm -hmm. Back in the 16th century, builders working on Urban's renewal project refused to resume digging following the death of the people. So, fearing that they'd be next. So, Urban VIII himself, having restored his own health, Okay, I'm guessing that's a Catholic thing. He must have made himself have a physician heal thyself, apparently. Um, had to visit the site personally to incite them to get back to work, if for no other reason than to not leave the tombs defiled and opened. So they were like, ah, no, we're going to air these corpses out. And he was like, please, no. <laughs> I'm healthy now. We can all get back to work. Please. Meanwhile, he's... <laughs> Please! <laughs> I've healed myself. Now you all work and I'll heal you one day at a time. The Pope made sure no one touched the relics of the saints and oversaw the proceedings with the prayers and intentions. Finally, digging with, uh, was completed and Bernini could finish his masterpiece, which still sits in the Basilica today, as we saw. The fear of the curse of St. Peter was still around on June 29th, 1939, when Pope Pius... What's XII? Is that the 12th? Uh, XII? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So Pope Pius Twelfth ordered the pavement of the Vatican grottos to be lowered. During those excavations, which lasted the better part of 10 years, Margarita Garducci... <laughs> oh, 
my right? gosh. That's the best name ever. Margarita <laughs> Garducci. Garducci. And a team of archaeologists finally identified the likely tomb of Apostle Peter. So he went back to an apostle. He's no longer the pope. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad they cleared that up. Uh, the late 1930s was a time of scientific progress when many ancient superstitions were left behind, yet the ominous events that took place in 1939 led some uh, at that time to believe that the curse of St. Peter lived on. After all, in that year, Hitler and Mussolini signed the Pact of Steel, uh, cementing the fascist partnership in the Second World War. The basement of Columbia University, Enrico Fermi, having successfully concluded the first nuclear fission experiment, was inching toward creating the most lethal weapon anybody had ever seen. Mm. And so, uh, they, um... They were real concerned about what this person was going to find. And luckily for them, this person didn't find a whole lot. But uh, almost every single member of his team did contract some sort of sickness when they opened the area back up. Yeah. So Margarita Garducci, I believed, died of some sort of virus something bacteria something it wasn't okay honestly when when i was doing this you know what it reminded me of the brendan fraser mummy movies when they go oh, in and they go in and they're like oh let's let's get these uh what, what they were just trying to open whatever they were at the king that that place the yeah. place that hamanatra that's what it was or something like that and and He's like, don't read from the book. Yeah. Please don't. And all the stuff happens. That's what this entire thing sounded like. But I'm just, in my head, I'm like, clearly Peter wants you to stop. Mm -hmm. And he's killing all the people that show up on his front doorstep. Right? He wants you to stop. He's asked you to stop. He's tired of asking. He's going to yeah. be like, all right, you know what? When we come back, you all are getting sucky duties. All right, y'all, cleaning the latrines. You're going to dig them first. Then you're going to clean them. And just so you know, we are Jews and we are new to eating pork. So it's going to destroy our stomach and we're going <laughs> to destroy those latrines. Just because you kept building a church over top of me. Do you know how heavy that thing was? <laughs> but there we have it. The Vatican as a haunted place. I hope you enjoyed your first episode. I did. Very much so. <laughs> and remember, folks, just because we've said a lot of things about the Catholic Church, I want everybody to know, I don't think Catholics are evil. Mm, they're people. I think, I think they've been misled uh, quite a good bit. Even if you don't believe in religion or Christianity... Uh, the Catholic Church has a lot of historical inaccuracies, such as Peter being the first pope. Why did no one make that mention? Why was Paul not like, oh man, they got Peter. Our, our <laughs> Papa Peter, they got him. 
<laughs> they got him. Clement wasn't like, oh, Big Daddy Warbucks up in heaven now. Uh, well, and and so you know, I just I if I offended any Catholics, I want you to know I have no problem with you. I have a problem with your theology. And it's not even your theology. It's how the people that say they're in charge of your church use that theology. It's it's the whole basic system. It's the whole basic system. But I do enjoy you guys, and I hope you keep listening. Uh, also, uh, b- this is how we end every episode. Angie, don't be creeped out too much by this. But uh, when you're going to sleep, you're going to need to curl up your feet because... The pups are under your bed and they are ready to get you. (laughs) Good night, guys.